I did not know that, but it's it's, it's insane how uh, ubiquitous those ads are right now. Like, who buys that? Well, apparently men like you, if uh, the ads are working. I don't buy that. Well, you you will. <laughs> Eventually. I don't have any reason to own a manscaper. Uh, maybe, maybe that's getting close to being too much information, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's too much information. You said you don't you don't have any reason no to I mean, get that, which means which which could mean a couple of things. Tori has gone real silent. <laughs> Not touching this. Exactly. Right. Let's start uh, the You know what? That might we might just do a rolling intro this week because that that might have been that might work. That might we'll have been see. it. Yeah, uh, we're starting at thirty-ish. Uh, let's just go. Welcome to red. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, and Pajiba Manscape. Yeah. We don't Dustin have to talk Rolls. about it now. This year, this year, I was, oh, no, joke. no, I think we should talk about me. it. And then you turned it into something. Well, <laughs> well what, did you, what did you believe it was about? I don't know. It was just every time you turn on YouTube, they have an ad for it. Hmm. It's, so so you don't, the back razor. No, it's not. I don't think it's for your back. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you can use it on whatever you okay. want. Well, it's yes. like those, those, you know, the shoulder massagers that, like, no one actually uses on their shoulder. Like, I'm sure there are cruisers no. that you can when use. When they advertise the Manscaper, they say, this is for your balls. Oh. But you could use it on your back. I'm sure you could. So it's the reverse <laughs> of the shoulder massager. Right. Uh, it's meant uh, for your genitals, but you don't have to. <laughs> what are you drinking, uh, Dan? Uh, I I went out and got another bottle of uh, Writer's Tears. Yes. Uh, oh, you, for, you bought a second now. bottle. Wow. I bought a well, yeah. The first one was a gift, and this time I bought one because I felt like uh, I don't know for some reason I might need it for the next few weeks <laughs> for unknown reasons. You're crying. But, um, yes. Job's uh, going that well, huh? But I'm only drinking a little bit because I have I have things to do after this uh, recording, but. Um, yeah. Uh, Tori, what about you? Uh, I went to the gas station and bought some wine. Oh, Tori, uh, not gas station wine. No, no, no. Well, no, it's the general store gas station. The, right. It's the only it's store the in town. Oh, right. It's the one shop in town. It's the one shop in town. It's the upscale. No, it's a whole, no, it's not upscale. <laughs> uh, but they did have, but I walked in and what is upscale is, so the, the trashy wine that I used to buy like all last year in the winter when it, uh, the Apothic Inferno, which is like aged in whiskey barrels. And it's like not fancy wine there. It is their most expensive bottle of wine. So, uh, I got it and I like that for them. It's fancy. It's aged in uh, whiskey barrels. Yes. For 60 days. Uh, that sounds good. Yeah. Also it's a 2017, which I'm, I'm assuming just means that it literally has been on the shelf there since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dustin, I, what about I'm, you? I'm drinking a, a, a rosé. 
called Pedal Press, but I only had like half a bottle left, so it's already gone. Um, <laughs> and then I also have Corona, which uh, I uh, weirdly, Seth is here, so uh, Love Spackle is here. Uh, so I'm buying more beer, and I didn't want to just have Allagash, so I bought Corona as well. And it's just really good. I don't know, sometimes it's just like the right beer. Yeah. It's refreshing. It is. It really is. Yeah. Did you put lime in it? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. You have to. So, did you want to not just buy Allagash because you don't want to waste the Allagash on Love Spackle? Or did you just want some sort of variety so he thinks that you don't? A little variety. I also got him PBR and he puts this chili seasoning in there that's... Yeah, it's um, great. Oh, you know that uh, trick too? Well, I know I know that he does it, and I do it with like the knockoff uh, Trader Joe's Tahine, Tahine, Seth says. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Seth. Yeah. I don't have that, but I have the like knockoff Trader Joe's oh. version, and I put oh, it. Well, no, that's what he used from Trader Joe's. Oh, okay. No, no, and it's good, except that the team gets stuck in like the label and in, in the uh, tab, and then you get a lot of, you get a mouthful of it. Which is great because it's salt no. and chili and lime. <laughs> That's like a it's... Too much. <laughs> no. Mm. I am also supposed to mention uh, uh, for Dan's uh, gratification that uh, Seth made spam this week. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how did you enjoy it? Was uh, it was it great or was it amazing? <laughs> uh, Seth had his own recipe of um, what was it? It was a um, chicken with spam and cheese on top. Yep, sounds on reasonable. Top. It was a Malibu chicken uh, modification of some sort. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually pretty good. And then he had this really great uh, mustard uh, sauce that he made that actually made it very good. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right. <laughs> I would like that recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I don't I don't know that there's that much of a recipe to it. It's chicken with spam on top with cheese on top of that. And, and mustard the sauce. sauce was a mustard, two kinds of mustard in Tabasco. Two kinds of mustard, a little bit of ketchup, two kinds of hot sauce, not Tabasco. Oh. What I'll say about the Spam, which was fried up, one of the youngins took a bite of it. Oh, yeah. Got a big grin on her face and said, it's like ham and bacon together. <laughs> oh, yep. see? That's that how you, that's right. educating the children. Uh this is a this is a this is a good thing for you, Dustin, because I believe that it's important for everyone to expand their palate. No, and soon you'll be making is, pasta with spam no. in it. <laughs> this is a popular misconception that Seth also had that I'm not familiar with spam. I grew up on spam, which is why I didn't like it. But then eating it again, actually, it was pretty good this time. I didn't. I, I think I had like a false memory. Or mm-hmm. maybe you pour and you have to eat it, and it's not as good when you have to eat it. Right. When you can eat it optionally. By choice. Yeah. yeah. It's a different thing. Well, there are some food. It's like I hated Brussels sprouts because my parents only ever made frozen Brussels sprouts. And then once I got, became an adult and had Brussels sprouts prepared, like, not boiled. And they're delicious. <laughs> you roast them with bacon and they're delicious. I feel like Spam is that way. Like, I'm sure if you just, like, cut it up and put it in something without trying, it's, like, not very good. But if you... If you put a little bit of effort into it, if you just grill it just right and you put it on right. a sandwich and it, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's and just salt bologna, and grease. I also hated growing up, but maybe it's not so bad now. You should go through all the foods that you hate and try them. Well, Hamburger Helper I did try a few years ago and it still wasn't so good. 
I never understood Hamburger Helper because it's just like you can just make pasta and add hamburg to it. Yeah, I think I think there was a, a really a shit ton of MSG in there. Oh yeah, probably. Oh right, it has like seasonings, right? Yeah, yeah it brings you, out yeah. the flavor of like whatever it is. You can just add your own seasoning. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure it's much better. I mean, I make Balinese, and it's not that different from Balinese, actually. Although I do remember that cheeseburger hamburger map, uh, hamburger helper that was pretty good. Yeah, that's true. But this is a TV podcast, right? Aaron? This is true. <laughs> it is. Uh, Podjava is, in fact, a television podcast. Uh, so we should talk about television. Let's do it. Uh, no chicken update this week because Dustin has roosters. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, this week we will be talking about The Boys season two finale. Uh, also, Supernatural is back. Uh, and we all, I'm sure, have some thoughts because now we all watch Supernatural. Yes. That's right. Uh, but first, Dustin is going to tell us about the uh, brand new Nat Geo show, which really just means Disney Plus show, the right stuff. Oh, you're going to set me up like that. Oh, uh, it's good. Well, no, I don't know if it's great. <laughs> it has Mike from Mike Ross from Suits in it. Right. He plays John Glenn. Uh, it's based on the Tom Wolf book, which is phenomenal. I don't remember it that well because I read it in college, except that I love it. Uh, the uh, series itself is not getting tremendous reviews, uh, but I... I don't know. It's it's. I mean, there was also a movie in like what nineteen eighty ish. Yeah, yeah. I, I never. Which is like a classic. Oh, it's good. And what's funny is, um, I think in the credits it says it says it's based on the Wolf book and the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's pretty fun, although. And it's about specifically just for people who don't know. It's about the uh, oh, the U.S. Sorry, yes. It's about the space race and specifically focused on the U.S. Uh, uh, kind of like the first group of astronauts. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, one of the whitest shows I've ever seen. And it's <laughs> I, I don't know. You 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 live in twenty twenty. You see a lot of TV, and now that really really stands out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to insulting about it or anything it's just very um striking now to see and there's not much you can do about it uh i guess unless you want to recast you know do, uh, pull a hamilton on the right stuff but um yeah it's just really white all the guys look exactly like they all look like mike ross from suits right <laughs> but um it's you know i like the space stuff so it's fun and that's all I have to say about it. All right. How many episodes did they release? Two. Is it weekly or is it? Okay. So it's two and it then weekly. Two. Yeah, and then weekly. Um, it is not as good as... Um, the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, that too. But I, yeah. I saw Soulmates and that was it, the first one because it was written by the guy from Ted Lasso. Brett Goldstein. Yes. And then it starred uh, uh, um, Sarah Schnook. And uh, the guy who played Obama in one of those movies about Obama, who's very, very handsome. Uh, ben Kingston, Kingston, Ben and Eric. Oh, shoot. What am I? I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're in the ballpark, though. Uh, yeah, but I want to get it right. Kingsley Ben Adair, Is that right? Yeah. There we go. Very, very handsome. But I, I, I do want, I don't know 
It's an anthology. It's called Soulmates. The first episode is very Black Mirror. It's about um, a, a, a program, like a computer program that matches you with your soulmate, which sounds like kind of interesting, uh, like a dating app, except it's not just a dating app. So what happens in this particular episode is like happily married people are like, hmm, should I match with my soulmate or should I stay married to the person that I love? And I don't know how the rest of the series, if all the other episodes are going to be about this particular um, computer program, or is it going to be just a theme built around soulmates? Right. But I did find that like an, uh, an interesting wrinkle because you expect it to be like the shenanigans you get up with as a regular dating app and not how it might affect a married couple. Right. All right. Um, and uh, I haven't watched it yet. I do plan to because I have it recorded. Um, but also episode two, uh, since it's an anthology and it follows different characters, uh, episode two co-stars uh, Sonia Cassidy, who was in Lodge 49. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I, other than what you've <laughs> said, that's all I know about the show so far. But, but I'm very excited. I want to know why married couples were signing up for this app was it like well that was the thing it was like this uh it was like an interesting draw like because they would see other people like leave their spouses uh to find their soulmate and they were like super happy and they were like oh should i do that so there was like it create this conflict in a marriage about whether or not you should see if there's someone better and you're like sort of secretly hoping that your soulmate is your actual spouse but it never works out that way Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah, the idea that it never works out that way. Like, whoever, like, <laughs> like you have never actually found like, It's just like yet. some rando, and then you sort of end up leaving your spouse for the rando because an algorithm tells you that you're perfect together. But I would also... So, I mean, is does the episode just chart their decision to leave their spouse, or does it chart what happens after they've made that decision because i feel like it's a well you know it's it's a anthology so it sort of like feels like short stories so in this first episode you sort of get like uh you know 45 seconds of what happens uh, uh, like a 45 second epilogue oh, okay and does it work out with the soulmate well i don't want to spoil it but Oh my god, it's one episode. (laughs) It's an anthology. I know, but yeah, okay. They're like, well, you know, I miss you. And and the other, because they have kids together. And then, like, one picks up the other, the kids from the other one, and they, like, clearly miss each other. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, you can. (laughs) I would, it would be interesting to see if they, they explore that idea of you know, the the time and the challenges that couples have faced and how that impacts them. That would be interesting, yeah. I, you know, I, I like... Don't, I don't know what this is... Where it's going. How, where it's going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well... But it's good. And I think Brett Goldstein might be just, like, a phenomenal... Because it's, like, it has a very warm, uh, heartfelt quality about it. Hmm. Is he in it, or he just created it? Uh, I don't, I don't, he wasn't in the first episode. I think he co-created it with, uh, oh shoot, what is the, 
It's it's a writer from uh, Black Mirror, I believe. Oh, or nice. someone who at least at least did a Black Mirror like not not Charlie Booker, but right. Um, right. That makes total sense because this episode felt like one of the better Black Mirror episodes because Black Mirror's kind of sucked for the last couple years. <laughs> Uh, William Bridges, is that the guy? Let me see. Mm. Uh, yes, he did, uh, he wrote a couple of, uh, Black Mirror episodes. Which ones did he write? I'm he curious. wrote, uh, Shut Up and Dance and USS Callister. Oh. Oh, oh, that was one of the better ones. Yeah. So. I don't remember Shut Up and Dance. Uh, I don't remember that one either offhand. Mm. Wasn't the dating app? Was it three three withdrawn? Kenny <laughs> heading headlong into an online trap. I don't know this. I don't think I saw this one. Um, but anyway, Soulmates on AMC. Soulmates. That's right. Actual AMC if you have cable or AMC Plus if you pay for it. Um, which also has Gangs of London, which we're not talking about because I haven't seen it because I don't have AMC Plus. <laughs> but uh, but if but, you don't watch sports, yeah, you can. Get AMC Plus and that's it. That, I mean, that was the last holdout. That was the last reason to have cable. Right. Yeah. Um, and now it's just sports, which uh, right. which I still partake in. Um, Same, yeah. Also, I have, a, I have a good deal from Spectrum. Uh, plus, you get all those Spectrum originals, you know. Uh, <laughs> although, unfortunately, which, they're, all, they're all moving to other channels now because right. they, people need content. Right. So and they're not being watched on other networks now. Yeah. Uh, you know which one hasn't been picked up yet is uh, the uh, Mad About You reunion. Oh. Um, no, no network bought that. Missed opportunity is what I say. Yeah, I don't but, think anybody's seen that except for like four critics somewhere. Uh, I watched it. And <laughs> you did? It, oh, yeah. We talked about this. Um, I watched the whole thing, it. and it was uh, pleasant. You know, pleasant. Not, it felt like pleasant. it felt like Mad About You had. It felt like it's like oh, these people, cool, they're back, and then and then it was over, and you know that's it. Um, Remember when they rebooted Murphy Brown? Oh yeah, I did watch that a few episodes, and it was not good. Yeah, oh. I guess that just ended. Didn't I also it? didn't watch the original Murphy Brown, so. Oh, I loved the original Murphy Brown. Oh okay. Should I? Is it worth like seeking out if it's? I don't even know if it's available. I think so. I mean, you probably don't need to watch all of it, but yeah, right. I think it's worth it. It's a you can. I feel like even now you could watch it and kind of understand why it was a, yeah. a touchstone. All I know about it is that she keeps firing her assistant. Yeah, that's like a gag. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was. I love that, but I was. I was a kid. <laughs> and I was just like, this show's amazing. I love her. Like my. My idols as a kid, but also, like, my my husband pointed this out to me, that, like, my fashion sense directly derives from, like, Murphy Brown and April O'Neil's from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, so okay. It's like, wait, wait. Uh, April O'Neil from the cartoon or the from cartoon. the cartoon? Oh, movie? no. Absolutely oh, okay. the cartoon. So I like, okay. I like structured blazers in, like, highlighter yellow. Um, <laughs> like, I like really bright colors. And jumpsuits. I love jumpsuits. But also just large 80s blazers right power yeah shoulder pads oh. <laughs> uh i don't know anything about what you said except shoulder pads are a thing i've heard of also jumpsuits i've heard of those yeah that's what april uh, o'neill wears i don't right. know why but she's a news lady wearing a yellow jumpsuit yeah uh, not about me uh I, th- 
<laughs> that should have been the reunion title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought uh, of a fun game that we should play uh, one time, which is uh, who's older. And you go, um, Helen Hunt or Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Uh, Helen Hunt. Uh, Tom Cruise is a year older. 57. Uh, one more, just quickly, and and one day I'll make a whole game out of this, um, <laughs> because we were talking about it uh, before the podcast. Renee Goldsberry uh, from Hamilton, mm-hmm. or uh, Thandie Newton. Oh, Renee Goldsberry, because isn't the whole? There's something like she's older than you think she is. Right, but so is Tandy Newton. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's super close. I think uh, Renee Goldsberry. Sorry. I say Renee Goldsberry. Yeah, forty-nine to forty-seven. Wow, close though. But they, they both, both look, look 30, 32, 33. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um. Uh, Better than me is what I would say. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think about Westworld, and like I don't miss Westworld being on, but I miss every week getting to see Tandy Newton with a samurai mm. sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't care about the rest of the show, but I miss her with a sword, like, very deeply. Yeah, if they could just make a show with Tandy Newton with a sword. Yeah. Um, you don't even need the rest of it. And I love, you know, westerns and sci-fi, but also we could just excise that piece yeah. and make that a thing. Um, and I would watch that every week. Um, speaking of aging gracefully, <laughs> Supernatural oh. is back. <laughs> Woo! That was a great segue. Because, you know, they, they've been on for a long time. One of them aged gracefully. Oh, my uh, God, Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> you got so much hate mail yeah. for your opinions. Just, like, you gotta, you gotta, the people love their, their boys, you know? And we, um, still, we still call right. them boy, the boys, but they're not Eric Kripke's other show, The no. Boys. Right. Uh, Supernatural's back for, uh, its final, is it seven episode run? Is I believe right? so, yeah. Okay. So they just um, aired episode 14. And, uh, it was, I, so I haven't caught up the way that you guys did on, like, season 15, so I don't really know what's going on, um, <laughs> which was kind of the right way for me to experience this, I feel like. Yeah. I think uh, that was okay with this episode. Yeah. Also, yeah. also because, I, watching this episode, my main thought was, so the... Just very briefly, the episode, uh, it's them mostly in their lair. It's kind of a bottle episode because um, yeah. they almost yeah. never leave. Uh, and uh, and they there's a wood nymph who they accidentally wake up who is uh, like their, their nanny and like housekeeper and cook, but then turns out to be kind of like, you know, she has her demons, so they have to deal with that. Um, but watching this, I was mostly struck by, oh, they only have like seven episodes left. Shouldn't they be like dealing with the end game and not yes. just like wasting time on this? Not, it was fine. It was a fun episode, but it felt uh, very much like, Oh, we're coming out of quarantine. We want to, we want to, this is how we're going to slowly. Well, I, well, no, but they except that there's this before. Yeah. It was not planned for quarantine. Right. Like this was, no, I think that it was because, um, so uh, Rob Benedict on his podcast with Jensen Ackles that I listened to, he <laughs> said uh, that they were, oh my God, Siri came on again when I said that. 
So there's something about the way that you say Jensen Ackles that yes, activates Every time Siri. I do it, that is it, thing activates. Is it because you renamed Siri Jensen Ackles? I don't think so. Did you give Siri Jensen Ackles' voice? Yeah. Did that you? That is real weird. I don't know what's going on. But I'm not going to say his name again except to say that Rob Benedict said that he was supposed to be in the first episode back and he was in quarantine. Um but then they changed the scripts around. Oh, okay. So that he didn't come back for a couple more episodes, so he had to wait longer. Oh, so they did it. So, so, so given if that's the case, then they then you're then saying this that wasn't like they, the original episode fourteen. Yeah. Right. Okay. That they kind and of moved it up to make it a uh, make it a thing. Like, like, like a cushion. Dipping their toes in the water, sort of episode. Yeah. It yeah, was good for that because it was like four people and that was it. Yeah, but it definitely like, I don't know if it was because there's been such a gap and, and so there's, there was pressure of, of it being like the final season. So if you're, right. but at least you would have a run of, you know, 22 episodes or something to like 18 or 22 episodes or whatever to like, to go through that now that you're on the like it's it's been interrupted and now it's like these are the final seven episodes to come back to this right particular episode was frustrating because I'm just like why are you like <laughs> why are you introducing a new character that you're going to send away at the epi- end of the episode like she's right. unless she comes back later which maybe she does like mm-hmm. she's powerful like maybe she will mm-hmm. but it was a very it was a very adorable adorable episode I in a season that. that isn't the last season in the the final seven episodes. Right, right, right. <laughs> and like God, they have to fight God. Like that, yeah. it was a little, I will say, uh, however, in typical fashion, um, there, every episode always has like those kind of funny, charming moments. And especially season 15, which we talked about has kind of been like just one long meta episode. Um, there were some Easter eggs in this episode that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, so in the bits where there's always the cutaways where it's like, uh, the wood nymph kind of taking care of Jack back at the bunker, um, mm-hmm. which I'm realizing, Dan, you have no idea what the men of letters or any of that stuff is. Cause you probably haven't seen any of those episodes. Right? I have no idea, but I do know that, that the, the other guy there is their brother. Nope. They, no, oh. nope. He is a, he's not him. No, he is the son of Lucifer. Okay, oh, they yeah, said right. that in the episode. So he's not he's not the brother of the lost. He's not Adam. In... No, he's oh. not the other No, he's not the other brother. Oh, okay. The other brother did return this season and he is possessed by Michael, but they like are chums now and he's just wandering around. He's fine. Oh, all right. Uh no, this is yeah, Jack is the uh has been around for the past like season or two. Um he yeah, he's the son of Lucifer and a human woman and He's got a whole lot of power. Um, and then he lost his soul at one point and killed their mother. Right. They did talk about that <laughs> in this episode. And then he got <laughs> no it back, baby. which is why he's real sad. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. got his conscience. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So <laughs> also because his, their mother had been returned from the dead. Because as you know, she was dead from the beginning of the show. Right. Uh, God damn it. Supernatural. So anyway. So uh, so there's the mental letters, bunker, blah. Uh, this was kind of this kind of 
the perfect life that they're setting out, like how it could be fun to be a hunter and have a family and have this like normal existence um, is kind of like they're spoofing on Ghostbusters a lot. And so, and she kind of sends them off with everything that they need and they go off and fight, you know, a nest of vampires or, right. you know, whatever the, the monster threat is that comes in on the radar because that weird table is actually a radar table, uh, which they never knew. So, in one of the shots, because it's mostly done through montage, and it's just like they go out, break down a door, um, and then come back, and she's celebrating a different holiday for them. Right, right. Uh, In one of those shots, they, like, kick down a door, and Dean walks in with a Tommy gun, and uh, mm-hmm. Sam is holding Mjolnir, like Thor's oh, yeah. hammer. Yeah, yeah. So that is all a callback. There is an episode in, I want to say, season seven, uh, where they do an Untouchables riff, which is like ah. Dean goes back in time and works with Elliot Ness. And I think there's some joke, like he's definitely holding a Tommy gun at some point. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's like very excited about it. Right. Um, and then in season eight, and this was what was kind of funny to me because I just, you know, as you know, my husband and I are rewatching the whole show. So we're in the middle of season eight right now. And earlier in the week, we had just gotten to this episode that involves... Uh, there was an auction for, I think it was the demon tablet. And this is in the middle of all the Kevin Tran, um, the prophet Kevin Tran story arc, which you guys haven't met, but he's wonderful. I think we Um, met him once. You may have. Yeah. So he, um, uh, and so in this episode they have to, they have to go to this auction and there's a God who has a bunch of kind of supernatural paraphernalia auctioning it all off. And Crowley, gets in a bidding war for this tablet against the Winchesters and Kevin Tran and his mother. Uh, and in, and eventually like a fight breaks out and there's a, there's a little, I forget if he's like an elf or a little God or something who had bid on Mjolnir mm-hmm. and he won it by trading over a frost giant's finger and five eighths of a virgin so during the fight, uh, Sam picks up the weapon because it's like all the, the things that are being bid on are around. So he picks up the hammer and like kills an underling. And then the, the guy who had bid on it is like, well, can I have the hammer back? It's mine. And Sam's like about to hand it over. And then he goes, wait, but where did you get the five eighths of a virgin? So he like and then I think he like hits him. Um, so at the end of the scene, Sam walks out with Mjolnir. And my husband turned to me. He's like, wait a minute. I forgot about this. If Sam has had Thor's hammer this whole time, why hasn't he used it? And then three days later, we watched this episode and they have that just cutaway gag of Sam breaking down the door, holding the hammer. And it was so it's one of those nods where like it's funny because we happen to see the episodes almost back to back. Right. But I wonder, you know, I'm sure there were other fans like us who were sitting around going like, what the hell? Have, did he get rid of the hammer? Why wouldn't you <laughs> use Thor's hammer all the time if you have it? Like, that's right. so silly. So I did appreciate, like, that they had a nod to that moment. Um, How many episodes a day would you say that you and uh, your husband are watching? We're not. We usually watch, like, two in two a day you know we eat dinner and then watch one more sometimes we'll watch a third one if it's like the weekend but also i haven't started any of the other two shows (laughs) because we're like we could watch bly manor or we could just watch some old supernatural (laughs) i'm i'm sorry it's really really satisfying i I hear you i hear you although i will say 
uh, having watched uh, season 15 within the last two or three weeks, yeah. and then coming to this episode, the energy was like, uh, it, it seemed to be like ramped up. Like it had sort of gotten bogged down a little in yeah. season 15. And this, it, like, it felt like, oh, these guys are like they're just stoked to be back. Yeah. yeah, they're just having fun. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. So it was weird, like, you know, in terms of what you know is supposed to be going on overall in the plot. It was a little bit like, why are you wasting valuable runtime on this? But on the other hand, it was a lot of fun. Like, it was just joyous. Yeah, I did not mind it whatsoever. Yeah, Yeah, even even with a, uh, even with my, you know, having the least knowledge of the three of us, um, it was still like an enjoyable, like, oh yeah, it's fun. And they're just kind of having a fun episode Um, that also saved money because they were mostly just on their set. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, which I'm sure they needed to do because the I'm sure that there will be expensive episodes coming up. Um, oh yeah. For for the end of the world or killing God or whatever they're right. doing. I hope you have to like quarantine like your extras. I don't know how it works, but it's like I assume at some point they're gonna have to have a lot of like. What if you want to bring back uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan for like the finale? Does he has Two, two weeks quarantine for that, like, you know, a 20-second appearance or something? Uh, yes, I yeah. believe yeah. he would. That's crazy. So I Unless don't know they do how it that's going to affect their scripts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that, too. Yeah. <laughs> but it does yeah. make me wonder, like, because there are still certain characters um, and actors that I'm, I'm, I'm personally hoping the show finds a way to bring back. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, like, if it would have been pegged for those last few episodes, but because they had to shoot them in quarantine, if it's like, okay, that right. cameo's cut, that cameo's cut. Like, right. Just I'm coming to terms with the fact that we will just not see Mark Shepard. Oh, yeah, Mark Shepard. Okay, yeah. Took me a second. Oh. <laughs> Crowley. I mean, he he's dead, <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything, so I, I right. want him to come back. But Ellsworth will be back. It's not Ellsworth, is it? It's Ellsworth in Deadwood, right? Who's Jim Beaver? Jim Beaver. Jim Beaver, who plays Ellsworth in Deadwood, uh, will be back. He I do like that be. every time you mention someone, you're you're referring to their character from another, another show. show. Whatever. <laughs> um, I imagine Richard from Felicity will be back, and Ellsworth will be back. Oh my god! Uh, and Ellsworth was on the boys. The boys this week playing the same character name. Oh, was it? Yeah, his name in, I think in The Boys is Robert Singer, which is Bobby Singer. Like, that's his name uh, on Supernatural. But both of those are named for a producer and director on the show. Like, if you re- watch the show credits, Robert Singer right. is. Um, so they uh, named the character after him and then continue. <laughs> and then I think that name carried over to The Boys. That's A, very funny, and B, an excellent segue, Tori, to our discussion of the boys' finale. I was trying, I put that in there. I was trying to do it. You give all the good. Watch, I'm just double checking because what if I'm wrong? Wait, what did you try to do? Yeah, no, the boys. Secretary of Defense Robert A. Singer. Well, the. Look, Tori is the one who landed the. We don't don't give points for for segues, but. but that, that was definitely a Tory segue. Thank so. you. Thank so you. Congratulations, just, Tory. But thank you for the setup, Dustin. It was a real, thank I think it was welcome. a two-hander. Mm-hmm. 
so the boys ended season two. We watched it. Thoughts? We did. <laughs> I I I I was blow surprised as hell by the very ending. I, yeah, I, wasn't the character I was expecting would be nope. the head head exploder. Right. Nope. Uh, I was upset that Becca died. I, I don't know if the head exploder thing did that make sense. No. Okay. No, also, that's I, fair enough. So, does that also mean the escapee, the full body exploder, was that a red herring? Was that like a diversion, or will she also her. come back? See, I never thought that she was uh, in the asylum. It a was red herring. No, yeah. it wasn't. Was right. it? It was. Yeah, because. Um, but somebody. Uh, but Kripke, she. Uh, no, but Kripke, she. Kripke said he said uh, if you watch that scene with them at the asylum, the very next scene after that is of the congressman in a different setting. But Congresswoman? Inci- Congresswoman. Uh, the, uh, the suggestion is that she was the head exploder all along. Yeah, but the then who killed the CIA up. woman? Because that was before the asylum thing. Right, that was uh, the congresswoman. So the congresswoman was in the asylum the whole time? No. What? I think she was in the asylum. No, she... she just keeps on finding ways to target yeah, people does. somehow. Right. Even though it seems like... She has to have eyes on them. She has to have eyes on them. Right. And the woman from Spin City was like her chief of staff? And then she's still... No, no. Her chief of staff, she, she, she killed her chief of staff in the uh, courtroom. Right. But the woman from Spin City, she also killed... Yeah. Jennifer Esposito. Right, Jennifer. Right, but that happened before the escape from... from Right. Yeah, and that was also... I mean, that was also very... Like, they never showed any hint of who it could be. Right. It was just like a random on-the-street thing. I'm very... I think we're meant to believe that there's only one head exploder. And that somehow... Ooh, train. Okay, I don't know that I believe that, but I'm willing to... I will. I will maybe rewatch. To I don't know. I find that I'm less. <laughs> I, I hear that, and there's some things that are missing. Right, but still, as a surprise, it was certainly right. surprising. <laughs> well, that's the problem: is that it was a surprise, but it didn't feel like, oh my god, I should have known. Right. Like it didn't feel like that kind of surprise. It was yeah. more of just like a pure shock, like oh, okay. Well, Kripke was like, I seeded it by. You know, going from the asylum straight to her, but that didn't. Be that like, d- yeah, that doesn't answer yeah. the previous that's, head exploding. Right. Uh, so that's a little sloppy. I will say, I I think it was more than made up for in my mind by the the payoff on the girls get it done thing. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Like hugely fun. Yeah. Like that moment, I was just like, yes, <laughs> like that dumb campaign finally paid off. Right. Um, I do have a, I have a question for you guys though, because this is something I'm, I'm going back and forth and pondering. And I think Dustin, you kind of hit on it in your article as well. Um, there's a lot of parallels the show draws. Um, and there's something about, uh, Congresswoman, you know, Newman being obviously like reminiscent or based on AOC. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Church of the Collective or whatever, which is clearly Scientology. Um, we just did this whole this whole season is a, you know uh, about like 
you know, white genocide and Nazi propaganda and how that, like, spreads into the mainstream. Uh, and there's even that, that weird little throwaway cold open in episode seven with uh, Fat Neil from Community. Oh, right. Um, being radicalized by all the news reports and all the, and Stormfront's quotes. Oh, my God, quotes. I didn't and even then, notice that was Fat Neil. That was Fat Neil. Um, and, which, which I feel really bad saying that. <laughs> terrible thing to get st- not only was it sad in the show in the context of the show but now that actor like that's that's the name that he's stuck with like i just i feel bad Poor guy yeah. um but anyway so he yeah and then he shoots the bodega shop owner thinking that he is a supernatural terrorist mm-hmm. you know super villain um so there's all these things that are like obviously drawing parallels to the real world but i'm not always sure what I mean, obviously, they'll, they'll be commenting, like, you know, it's, it's not great. It's not hard to say, like, I, you know, I don't think the show is pro-Nazi, but I'm not sure that they're doing a lot with the comparisons. And I don't, like, I don't know why, it, like, if there was anything new done with, like, what the commentary about Scientology was, other than that that church was clearly based on it. Right. And I don't yeah, know I where mean... they're going with Newman even though she's clearly based on AOC. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't get the Church of Scientology thing because they sort of like let that drift in. I'm not sure of what they're going to do with AOC either other than like, hey, it's fun to make a nod toward somebody that's relevant in the real world. But I, I mean, it, it, it almost felt like kind of rather than commenting on, uh, commenting on like, like rather than having a statement on these topics, right. it's more like they're saying like, "What is that in in our superhero world?" Yeah. So it's like, "What are Nazis like Here. in 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 the boys' world?" And what is Scientology like in this world? So it's more just like, rather than having like a point of view on it, which I mean, you know, it's fine. It's a TV show. I mean, yeah, they don't have to, have to a point of view on everything, but um, but yeah, it's more just like, oh, this is the this is our version of Scientology. Oh, yeah. This is our version of you know. Nazis, which is still Nazis, but right, yeah. it's still Nazis. Yeah, and, I think and this is our version of progressivism. Well, and so <laughs> I, I'm not sure. And yeah, I think you're. I think we'll have to find out where they're taking that next right. season. Um, the one thing I also went back to because I was I spent some time thinking about it because I'm I'm just I appreciate that the show is so blunt. So those parallels end up just by also being very blunt, um, shine a spotlight on things that you know seem obvious when you're watching it in the show, but you might not notice in the real world or whatever. And like the, the oversimplification of, um, you know, the social media messaging and the, the, the false narratives that, you know, especially like all the new, the news stuff, um, I thought was really interesting, but I also think that the show explores because it's a show about superheroes you think that it's going to be about superpowers and it's really about all of these other entities that we're talking about are other forms of power. So I, I feel like Newman, you know, whatever her politics are, she's going to represent political power and right. the vying mm-hmm. for that power and what dirty deeds she, she will do to be able to have her way, even if her, even if her way or her message is, is one that we want 
I think she may be an avenue for exploring, you know, what it takes to be powerful in Washington right. versus, you know, the church, what it takes to be powerful or influential, you know, by trading on celebrity secrets and mm-hmm. Vought, which is, you know, it's like the superheroes are also just tools. They may be very, they have superpowers, but they're, you know, cogs in a larger machine and it's all about money. Right. Um, and so I think that I, I like that the show all draws all of these things together under a larger, it's examining a lot of forms of power. Um, but the in is that, oh, you think it's just going to be another superhero show. So I don't know. How, how much of the comics have you read, Tori? I read them all. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I'm just curious. Um, because it feels like uh, in the on the TV show that um, that Starlight and Huey are sort of like your entry points. Is that the? But they become sort of like tertiary characters in the second season. Is uh, that the in case? The, no. Uh, the, yes and no. I think that they definitely become the sort of uh, your entry point as readers as well because they're sort of the two fresh pairs of eyes into both sides of this, this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they remain important all the way throughout. It's just that you meet all these new characters. Uh, I do think that this season, uh, in because the show, the show is doing its own thing with material, and in a lot of ways they're making really big improvements on the material. Um, and I think that... I think they've improved a lot of the Starlight arc, but mm-hmm. I actually think that Huey has taken more of a backseat um, than he does in the comics. So, or they've kind of just made him a bit. I mean, he's you know he's always kind of like whiny and like the weak one and and but he, the Sam, he, yeah, sure, right, the sure. Sam. and that's a that's a very classic like Garth Ennisy character too, right? Um. But he's always central to all of the action, whereas this. This time around, it really does. It there were so many sequences where it's like everyone's off doing their own thing. There's not as much activity where the boys are the boys uh, mm-hmm. as a group, and I think that's also part of it. Like the show has so many things going on that you're not always focused on this group as a cohesive whole. And I think, and and you actually pointed it out, and I think it's really true. Like the first two seasons kind of became a prequel to the premise that the comics pick up on, which is that like the butcher is paid for is, is an agent of a secret agent of the CAA tasked with monitoring superheroes. Like the idea of even forming that kind of agency is just mentioned at the very end of season two. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is something they did in preacher too. With preacher they, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some elements of it, matched with how the comic started but like you don't actually get to the heart of the premise until later um so i don't yeah and so because of that because they've been kind of doing this this other thing i think that um this season huey kind of took a bit more of a backseat but i do think that starlight as a character is given much more to work with than she had in the comics mm-hmm. um and and also I I remember writing the review for the first season and not being like I liked a lot of the changes from the comics, but I wasn't as keen on 
how they handled uh, Kimiko or the female. Right. Because um, I don't, she doesn't really, nobody ever really uses her name in the comics. And it, it kind of bothered me that they like brought her in late and then gave her this like sort of, it felt like a very shallow victim narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this season, I think that the payoff for that was that they actually, they really invested in her and she's a much better, a much more interesting character than she was in the comics. Right. Um, and just even little things like her, she never smiles in the comics. Like she's not, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of personality there. And so by, by investing in her family and it also kind of evens her out because so much of the second season is about, uh, characters, families and how they, influence their lives mm-hmm. um and you're you're obviously drawing the parallel between butcher and his father and homelander and his his upbringing and then right. how that would impact ryan and what ryan needs as a young homelander and you know right. stuff like that um but by including uh Kimiko in that and giving her a brother and and going through uh, and having her her lose him, which again was a bit of a like ugh, more tragedy, but watching her go through that that process of like grieving, wanting revenge, um, and then eventually opening up to Frenchie mm-hmm. solidified their relationship in a way that we never got a sense of from the comics. It was always like Frenchie was her translator. Frenchie knew her really well and knew exactly what she would want to say, even though she never spoke. And you never really understood how their communication happened. Uh-huh. And this season actually gave you some basis for that, which is like they introduced the fact that she has her own sign language. Right. And rather than him, Frenchie being, because it almost, the comics almost treated it not as if he was psychic, but it was just this sort of like, they're so connected. Frenchie just knows what's in her head and uh-huh. is, and is acting as her mouthpiece. And here it was like him actually having to come to her and say like, I want to learn. Will you teach me so we can talk? And that was a, to me like a really important moment mm. in their relationship and a, a, a pretty big divergence. Um, right. And then, yeah, so so I was not as happy with her what they the changes they made to her character in the first season and how they treated her. But I think it was worth the payoff that we get in the second season because everything with her I thought was much stronger. Yeah. And and it's it's interesting to note that like you mentioned that um how she actually starts to smile a little bit by uh by the end of the season. Yeah. And um that really only comes about if I'm remembering correctly after uh, she and Frenchie kind of start to bond and like, um, and she starts to open up to him a little right. bit. Um, I am still a little bummed that, uh, it sounds like she never speaks in the comic. So yeah. Well, uh, and they're, and, oh, really? and they get, so the way we know her backstory in the comics, it's fairly late. Like you've already gone through like multiple volumes before they do a, like a standalone issue. Mm-hmm. on how she got her powers and where she came from. Um, and that issue is like, I think it's f- literally Frenchie telling her story to Huey. Mm. And so he's like, oh, you know, like he he's acting as her mouthpiece, but it means that her entire story is told the way, he, the way Frenchie would tell it. Right. 
so it's another it's a little bit dissociated from her again so she's never she's always this sort of like separate entity who's incredibly violent and like angry and silent and there's a menace to that that's really appealing like when you're reading the comics and I kind of missed that in the beginning with the show because I was like you've kind of watered her down and it, it felt like she became a little bit toothless and it, but I also think the the payoff is that they've made her a much richer more interesting character but it took to the second season I wasn't convinced in the first season mm-hmm. they also never really call her by name right. so it, it it's <laughs> I like that one of the things they realized was like we need to not just have a character called the female because that's like not great <laughs> like, right <laughs> we get the joke it's funny in the comic like maybe we just don't do that for the show mm. and i appreciate mm. that <laughs> give her a name like that's okay um but a family was huge and for all the characters they even get into frenchy like building his own family with his like thruple right um and yeah i don't know there's a lot i liked about this season and there's a lot of stuff that i don't really know I was, you know, I I wrote about this, and I don't know if it's a, a misunderstanding of the trope, uh, the fridging trope, but it felt like with Becca, they, Garth Enos made a, and, and the series made a big deal about how they did not fridge Becca in, in TV series, but it feels like they just delayed it. But they still ultimately did it in a different, sort of a different way, but they still, like... It was only for to motivate Butcher, basically. Right. I I go back and forth on that because I think that, and I don't know if it's one of those things where they had the plan all along, or if you know they did the first season and the big reveal that she's alive. Right. Uh, makes, Which is a big reveal to comic readers, but right. not to yeah. yeah to viewers. It meant nothing to anyone who knew right. the comic. That was that was your big season one oh shit moment. Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this this is going to go in a new direction. I can't quite predict. And it ultimately is going into, like what you said with Preacher, where it's like y- the first season or two are this really weird hybrid of being the beginning of the comics, but also a prequel to that story. And right. so it took to season two to get Butcher to the point that we thought he was at in the beginning of season one. Um, but in both cases, he was motivated by by her her death. Her death. Right. It's just that she wasn't actually dead the first time around. I'm not sure that it will. Uh, I like that she was around, and I'm not sure if it's going to be as empty a gesture. It may be if if it's purely to motivate him, then yes. Where I think it it may um, if Ryan becomes a bigger part mm, of the story right. moving forward then I don't think it's quite as much fridging for her because I think it, there will be this necessary, like, the child had a mother, grew up, almost, you know, the impact of having this this kid who is Homelander's son but was raised by a mother normally until he was, like, 12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know, if he's it just if he's just disappeared into that CIA car and, you know, is never heard from again, then it's kind of a wasted effort. But I do think that if for some reason, because at first I was like, oh, Butcher's going to raise this kid and he'll have like a pet superhero. <laughs> like that would be kind of interesting. And then he, he gave him to Mallory. So right. I don't know. It, but it, if Ryan comes back, seems, that will make a difference. It just seems difficult to bring him back. I mean, I mean, 
it seems like he'd served his purpose, which is to disable Stormfront. Yeah. And I don't think you want to, I don't really think you want a kid superhero in the show. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. know. Yeah, I'm not sure what, because again, this is like a different from the comics enough that like, I don't, I don't know what role he could serve. But I also, I think there could be some, some interesting story ground there if, if they wanted to, if they could bring him back. I don't know. Right. Because right now the the, the CIA wants him. The, the ground that it feels like they, they should have, uh, gone down or, or a path they could have gone down if they wanted to would be that the uh, uh, it's a reluctant pairing of a, uh, a grizzled uh, sort of uh, a freelancer type and a, a child who is incredibly powerful but can't uh, can't control it you know it's only right. only sometimes you're wandering uh, you know whether it's wandering the the country or the galaxy maybe the, space. maybe the galaxy maybe maybe a galaxy far <laughs> far away yeah you know yeah. i'm just mm. saying that so mm. to speak there is a there is a template for that kind of storytelling it's it works out very yeah sometimes it, sometimes that template turns out to be the best show of a given year right mm. Um, mm. possibly mm. multiple years Some, yeah i mean you never know we'll, we'll see <sighs> Could be multiple years consecutive. What do you guys think about playing the game now? Hmm? <laughs> uh, that sounds like a good idea. Um. Fine. Uh, it's not. Well, I, I'm sort of creating a game out of a not game. Uh, I know this is not a pod, podcast podcast, uh, but <laughs> that's you never know, stopped us before. <laughs> right. Oh no. You know Justin Long. Uh, yes. From Ed with Tom Cavanaugh. From the Mac and PC commercials. Well, from Ed with Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, he has a podcast. Uh, and he... Uh, it's an okay podcast. He's an awkward guy like myself. who, who He stutters a lot and he sort of stammers, but there's a certain charm to him. And he had Tom Cavanaugh actually on about two weeks ago. <gasps> anyway. From Love yeah, Monkey? Yeah. The yes. Love Monkey? <laughs> Love, the Monkey's Love Monkey's Tom Cavanaugh. Yes. Anyway, uh, I kind of hate it, but I can't not listen to it. At the end of every podcast, he asks his guests the same questions. Oh, he does the James Lipton. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you the same questions that Justin Long asked, and then I will give you a point uh, based on whose answer I like most. That's not a game. I'm making it a game. <laughs> That's subjective. <laughs> All right. That's okay. That's All okay. right. All right. Uh, favorite emoji? None. <laughs> um, I like the one that is just the straight line face. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it to Tori because that's my son's favorite as well. Oh. It's, uh, it's annoying when he does it, though. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, it's my favorite, but it's because my husband does it to me all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's all I get from him. Same with my son, yeah. Hmm. Um, if you could be reincarnated as a non-human animal, who would you be? Well, it'd be, what would you be? Well, yeah, all right, what would you be? 
Okay. I would be a duck. Um, a, because they're great. Um, and uh-huh. I think I've documented my love of ducks a lot. Uh, but also, they have corkscrew penises, and I'd like to have one of those. Just for, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> you know, for something different. Uh, Dan? Uh, an aardvark. Just because? Because I wanted to say aardvark. Okay. You just well, want to be a double A name. That's Tori again. That's, that was <laughs> corkscrew penis. I mean, I, I should have specified a male duck. <laughs> uh, would you rather be called unattractive or unfunny? Oh, unattractive. <laughs> From great experience, <laughs> let me say, being called unattractive hurts less. <laughs> So that's so, a tie because we gave the same yeah, answer. Yeah, we gave the same answer. Tie. All right, all right. Uh, which golden girl do you most identify with? Rose, Blanche, Dorothy, or Sophia? Ooh. I mean, I'm not, I would. I'm not saying would, Justin Long came up with good questions. I'm just. I would. I would like to say Dorothy, but it's probably Rose. <laughs> Oh, that's really sweet. No, it's not. It just means I'm gullible. <laughs> I would also, I mean, everyone wants to be Dorothy. She's the right. best. Uh, but I would Wait, probably I be Sophia. Be no. No. Uh, Nobody wants to be Blanche. Um, but yeah, I would probably be more didn't like. did Blanche sleep around? Yeah. Nobody Dorothy wants to be or just... Sophia. Sophia's a firecracker also. I would, yeah, I. I feel like I'm more the crotchety one, but I would want to be Dorothy. Also, my husband learned how to play the Golden Girls theme song on guitar last week, <laughs> and it has brought me a lot of joy since. All right, I'm going to call that one a tie. I don't know. Beatles or Stones? Foo Fighters? Oh, God damn. Beatles or Stones, Dan? <laughs> uh, stones. Not because I think they're better, but just because I like dancing to them more. Like they're better. I mean, I need to, I need to try to I need to try to pick up points. So I might as well say Beatles, even though it's wrong. It's the wrong answer. The, the correct it's answer. It's the wrong answer. Sounds, yes. Yeah. That's that, that's correct. Why one point as well? <laughs> um, dogs or cats? <laughs> dogs. It's okay. It's dogs, but I okay. have a cat now. Well, but you have both. I so. have both. At least you're both right, despite Tori having a cat. And I'm going to give Dan a, Dan a point give here. Give him the point. Even though you have the same answer because I Tori has a cat. I did break down and get a cat. Tori's cat uh, content is pretty great, though. My cat is basically a dog. <laughs> also, my dog is basically a cat, so it kind of evens out. Uh, if you could pick one age... Uh, to be for the rest of your life, what age would it be? 23. No. Does this just mean like physically or everything? I don't know. No. It's a Justin Long question. Uh, 20, 28. He's got one more after this one. All right. Um, 28 for a tour? 28. That's a good age. I would say 32. Aren't you? I would 32? have said like 31, so I'm going to go with Dan on that one. Mm. 
So wait, are we reason. supposed to be answering what you would answer? No, no, you're supposed to answer your own, and then I will decide whether, <laughs> whether you which agree. of you are better people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're actually judging our content of character. Right. Like our... Based on my own so uh, the, opinions. So the right. loser has to acknowledge the fact that we do not live up... We are, we are not certified fresh in the Dustin meter. We're not Correct. living up to Dustin standards. Yeah. That's right. Damn. Uh, uh, last question, and Tori is winning three to two uh, if we're throwing out the ties. Oh, shit. Uh, so you could tie this, or one of you could win. Uh, but this is uh, a question that I think that there will be a difference of opinion on. What is your uh, favorite snack food? <laughs> Are we talking like junk food or like bar food? Like something I don't know. that you order, Justin or like Long that comes does in a Does not bag. specify. Favorite snack food. I've heard a lot of answers on his podcast. I will say that that they run the gamut. Oh, oh, this is really hard because I eat a lot of stuff mm. that I shouldn't, <laughs> and in large quantities. I. Th- uh... Go ahead, Dan. I'm going to say nachos, because nachos are never a meal. It's always a snack. Even if it's a giant plate of nachos, it's still not a meal. Okay. Um, my answer is twofold. One, nachos are absolutely a meal, you goddamn ingrate. No. <laughs> I no, have, no, no. I use no, no, my leftovers no, no, no. and I the make point nachos, is that you and eat... that is dinner. That no, is no, dinner. no, no. You eat a ton of nachos as dinner, but you still have, you still will have another dinner. No, because not if you're lazy are... and you're just using up your leftovers by putting them on chips, and then you just eat those, and then proceed <laughs> straight to dessert, which, by the way, dessert is just a bag of chocolate chips. Dessert you has didn't become your baking. dinner in that instance. Um but I would say my favorite snack food is along the lines of nachos, except that it is poutine. I want French fries covered in uh, slop. I was thinking that's about tough. fries, yeah. but uh, I want shit. That's tough. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm gonna ask a follow-up question just real quick. Dan, uh, what do you put on your nachos? Uh, whatever they give me at Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh, no. Tori wins. <laughs> what? How dare you? <laughs> I didn't even know they served them Taco at Bell. Taco Bell. Well, I mean, I'll get nachos anywhere. I don't discriminate. But, you know, Taco Bell also has nachos. And oh. you know what? Sometimes that's what you want. Taco Bell, uh. born in uh, Los Angeles. So it is local cuisine is uh, what I like to call it. Dan, you know, we both missed an opportunity. To say that our favorite snack food was spam. Uh, you know what? Spam is not a snack. Never has been. It's a. It's, only uh, it's an part of a meal. Fine dining. It's always, it's always well. It's not fine dining, but you know, it is dining. It's a. It's no spam. Is yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a part of a. Part of a whole. You know. I won an eating competition by eating a can of spam raw, so I would say it could be a snack. That's that's real gross. Like even I think that's a little gross. It was but... not the most pleasant, but <laughs> I mean, honestly. And this is like re- like like regular spam, like full sodium spam. Yeah, it was just a can of spam. Yeah, all right, jelly and all. Yeah, that's. When I mean, I look, I can, I can do it. Yeah, but... <laughs> anyone can do it. You just gotta you know have the motivation. Uh, when I was a kid, I got a car when I was sixteen, and. Um, 
my father made me go get dinner every night because he didn't cook. Uh, so every single night we chose, I went to two places. I went to the Sonic and I went to Taco Bell. And you could pick one of the two places to eat from and I would purchase your meal there. Uh, and I ate Taco Bell every night for maybe three years until I uh, got really bad uh, stomach, like a hole in my stomach. <gasps> yeah. From Taco Bell. Because it was like every single night. Yeah. And so I stopped, after that I stopped, but I, and I think I've gone twice in the last five years. I went once in L.A. with Seth, and, um, and that may have been longer than five years, and I went maybe a year ago, and... If you put Taco Bell and you go through the drive-thru and you put it in your car and you roll up the windows, it smells like dog food. But delicious dog food. I don't know. I don't know. Not anymore. I don't know. And I loved it growing up, but it smells so bad. Well, if you if you had to eat it that often, I mean, that's going to that's gonna ruin that everything. Would, yeah. That would impact so, things. I did love it for quite a long time. I think those nachos were good. I... But they did, they, those weren't nachos. It was just... Chips and cheese. Yeah, I was no, gonna say I didn't know like they beef had nachos. And beans and tomatoes and sour. Of course they have nachos. I don't nachos. remember. I don't remember that nachos. When you order the nachos, they just gave me the chips and like a cup of cheese. Well, you were ordering the wrong nachos. Oh, I see. I see. Because they have nachos with actual stuff on it. And look, they're not. I mean, I'm not saying that they're good, but I am saying they are there and available and very easy Wait, to get. To. Are you thinking of their Mexican pizza? Which I think uh, has been discontinued. Mexican pizza is only available for a couple more weeks. Uh, hashtag save the Mexican pizza. It's not going to be saved, but that's okay. Oh, that was my um, favorite. But that's kind of uh, like, it's kind of just like a round nacho. Yeah, no, but they, they do have actual nachos. The nachos Bel Grande. It's like, uh, you know. Oh, I remember the Bel Grande. Yeah. 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 It actually has stuff on it. Like, they do have one that's just like cheese, but uh, not that. Anyway. Um, There's a flavor. That's the show. Mm. That is oh, Tori. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Tor- I want to hear what Tori was going to say. <laughs> so I'm obsessed with potato chips and weird flavored potato chips. Okay. And um, I was at the, when I was buying my wine from the gas station, they had uh, three very uh-huh. sad bags of hers potato chips. Um, hers, hers, H-E-R-R, whatever. Um, and, but they're like the, I think they're like newer flavors. And one of them was just cheese fry flavor oh. like like oh. like cheese fries and i was like isn't that just nacho chips like why like nacho cheddar chips like what what about a potato cheese flavored potato chip would be different from enough from other cheese flavored potato chips that it would be more reminiscent of cheese fries right yeah i don't know and i but almost I, bought the bag to sounds- try it I, I, I want to try that. Right? Got to be better than the pickle chips that people no, sell. You which is not no, no, pickle chips are the best. <laughs> no, and I can give you a I can give you a detailed ranking of the best pickle flavored chips. <laughs> oh. They're so good. What is wrong with you? Why would I, they not be? Deli- they're so good. I eat an entire bag. I can't stop. Oh. oh so I even gross. have. There's one brand um, that does like garlic dill flavored potato chips and spicy dill flavored potato chips, but then they also do Bloody Mary flavored potato chips because they're a pickle company that also makes Bloody Mary um, season it like base. You can buy like a jug of Bloody Mary mix. Um, McClure's. No, then they started making potato chips that taste like all of their other products, and they're amazing. <clears throat> 
pickle chips are great. On that note, that's <laughs> the show. Uh, yeah, pickle, pickle. I've never had those. So oh, they're so they're, good. Uh, I'm, I'm a. My chip preferences are very boring because I like a, I like a good plain chip, like, so, like just a chip with some salt. That's all. Oh that's my all god, you that's. Need. I give so it's a, become an in joke with our friends because Juan like hates flavored potato. He just wants lightly salted potato chips. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, why would you pick that in the oh, world? That's what of you want. Chip? Why? No, you, because I want to be able to taste the chip <laughs> and just a little bit of salt. That's all I need. No. Then that's then then also it's any any available dips. It becomes a proper uh, uh, you know way to to get dip into your into your body. Yeah, I, should... I uh, uh, Seth and I have friends from law school uh, who have this thing where they, you know, you buy that nacho cheese dip at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Sure. That very thick, very delicious, very they're, terrible they're for you nacho based, cheese dip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would buy uh, nacho Doritos and then they would dip the Doritos in that. Oh my! And God. it was just like too much, but it was also amazing. Um, no, see, that's 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 gross. That's like the, like there are people who love the. Uh, the nachos uh, shell taco at Taco Bell, and to, or the Doritos shell taco at Taco Bell, and to me that's that's a that's a bridge too far for me. No. That when I went that one time a year ago, that's what I bought, and my my daughters I took, and I was like, "This is what I grew up on, kids," and they were like, "Oh, daddy, <laughs> that was not good." <laughs> one of my favorite uh, movie theater indulgences, which I don't do often because it's a little weird to order it by myself but if I'm with other people they judge me so it's really hard to find the right balance to like pull this off (laughs) but I like getting um you know like the shitty movie theater nachos where it's just like round Mm -hmm. tostitos and and the melty cheese yep terrible cheese so I ordered that and then I also get popcorn because there's always enough there's always cheese left over after the chips and I, oh, I no. mostly what? just want the cheese. So, no, but then I take the popcorn and I start dipping the popcorn in the shitty nacho cheese. My problem is there's never enough cheese for the chips. Oh, no, no, no. I make it last. Oh, I, li- yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I had to stop doing that. My, my, my uh, movie theater thing is uh, peanut M&M's and then put it in the popcorn. That sounds good. I would do that. Yeah. yeah. I do. We get the popcorn chicken, like the little chicken nuggets, and call it oh, dinner. Yeah, yeah. And then we also get popcorn and and it's, and it's so bad when you kids. have dinner at the movie theater. <laughs> is it or is it the oh. best? Because <laughs> it's dinner and dessert all in like three packages. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try to end this show now for a third time. Oh, are we still recording? All right, Dad, you can end it if you want. <laughs> Why are we still recording? I thought that was off. Oh no, this is all this is all staying in. This is all still official. Oh pod. god, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a proper ending for for this show. Uh, we'll be back next week with more TV and probably Food. snack talk. Apparently, but have a good night. Good night. Good, good night, night. JS. <laughs> <laughs>